This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa Ta here, your host. Today's a special show for me because most of you know that I'm a professional licensed clinical social worker and Reiki practitioner. I'm also a professional glass artist. And for the last 20 years, I've worked on private commissions for uh, clients like the Hilton and Harris Hotel groups. I've done residential glass. I've done restaurants. And I've taught around the world in Japan, New York, uh, North Carolina, Pilchuck Glass School, and assisted Gene Koss as well around the world. He's an internationally known sculptor. So today I am taking off my therapy hat and putting on my artist hat because I have a really special guest in the studio with me who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. You know, as part of being an artist, it's kind of my therapy um, what I do to take care of myself and, and just separate from the intensity of, of everything I hear and, and what I do for a living. And it just brings me a lot of personal pleasure. And as part of what I want to leave the world and in my legacy is uh, I used to work with people with disabilities in wheelchairs and find them various job job modifications after they were injured. And so I founded as well a nonprofit that teaches people in wheelchairs to blow and cast glass. And I recently patented the device that will allow them to be able to blow and cast glass from a modified workbench. So my guest today just brought all this up for me to want to talk about as as I feature her. I am sitting with Max Bruni and Max is going to open some wine for us. Thank you. While I'm introducing her, she is both an interior designer and a studio artist, which is unique because she bridges the gap between the design world and the studio art world. She, What I really love about her work is her combination of materials, utilizing, for instance, antique doors that she restores and then combines with welded steel that she welds herself along with glass and, and makes coffee tables, these unique fireplaces that are freestanding uh, tables and and various projects, both publicly and privately. So she is founder as well of the Los Angeles Design Industry Association. The abbreviation is LADI, L-A-D-I dot org. And so I'd like to welcome Max Bruni of Max Bruni Interiors. Hi, Lisa. Hey, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Cheers. And an opportunity for daytime drinking. <laughs> it's always fun, especially being from New Orleans to daytime drink. Yes, I agree. Well, being European, it's the same thing. I know. So you were born in France. Yep. Correct? And yes. And raised in Spain? Spain. Spain and Miami. I spent uh, equal parts. A little bit more in Miami than in Spain. Uh, my parents are European, and we went back and forth. That's having a home cool. there and a home in Miami. Yeah. So I know later in the show, we're going to talk about what brought you to the arts, design and studio art making in particular. But first, I wondered if you could talk to us about um, being an interior designer and an artist slash fabricator. What what kind of gaps or disconnection did you see, if that's even accurate, and, and fill that? How did you want to fill that? Um, well, the... How I mix being a designer and a fabricator is that, well, I'm majored in industrial design, so I've always liked to build things and, and see how they fit together. And Can you tell us what that is, industrial design? Yeah, it's just, it's how things work, basically. Like, if you want to do a patent, you need to, 
sorry, an industrial designer yeah. to you know show you how to put it together. It's basically anything that you want to make from a Rubik's cube to a coffee pot. Oh, very cool. You're going to need an industrial designer. Um, how it's helped me um, being in both and doing that as a major is that I found that it's helped me design much better, especially in the part of me building things, not so much in the interior design. And in the interior design part, it's helped me uh, put my point across to people that have a little bit more linear thinking, like architects and designers that seem to think very inside the box. And it's better. they find it very hard to communicate with creative people. Okay. This way, I'm kind of like 50-50, right? Brain yeah, brain. totally. Yeah. I think that's great. Can you tell us about LADY, the Los Angeles Design Industry Association, and how you founded that, what its mission is, what questions does it answer, in any way you want to take that question? Yeah. Well, it started in 2013. Okay. It was never intended to be a big, you know, organization or association. Yeah. We started a very like a handful of architects and designers. Uh, we got together to brainstorm, share ideas, even use ourselves as resources, learn, connect, and it's morphed into 100 members, uh, which doesn't seem like a lot, but we are all, they're, they're, our, their background is checked, so they're either working or they are incredibly active in the design, art, or creative art community. Okay, cool. Are, are most of your members in the Los Angeles area, or is it international? It's mostly in Los Angeles. I mean, okay. That's why it's uh, Los Angeles design industry. But sure. we take in members from everywhere. You know, as long as it's strictly people that are creative or are working in that, that, uh, that, so that we can, you know, be a resource to each other and learn from each other. I think that's cool. So, so what I'm thinking, like being in a, you being a designer and an artist. So, if somebody in your group knows of a project and needs someone, it, it sounds like it's a way to get them to someone to fill that need, you know, to... Well, well, this is why I initially opened it. We all, as professionals, um, because even though we're artists, the majority of us, to make rent, we actually work, have a different job as professionals. Sure, yeah, same here. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have a great association, you know, we I pay thousands a year in I know. associations, but the associations are very niche associations. So the architects will have their architect association and anything that comes out of that association usually is directly related to architecture only, interior design only, um, uh, creative, I mean, um, graphic arts only. There's really nothing that brings them all together in an association. And I, as a designer, uh, when I work, I need a minimum of an architect. I need to usually buy art. So I need artists. I need a photographer by the end of, and that's only on a residential product. So if I have to do commercial or I have to do retail, I'm going to have to have a lead for a graphic designer and anything else that my client may need because I, ideally what's going to make you um, uh, successful is being an all-in-one package and not having to outsource everything and at least having peers that you can count on that you know, you know, that are professional. And that's what we're trying to establish there. So what, what are you working on now? Can you tell us some of the things that you're, that you're, working on I'm working on a lot of things <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um I'm working on a lot of things but can can I go back and tell please, you about the lady part so please. one of the things that was most important to me uh and I'm sorry I have to touch back on this but it's just no really I want I want to hear all yeah, yeah because I, I did find a huge disconnect when I started and it's that the creative arts is really one world we're all under the same umbrella and we're not working together so, uh, and by that I don't mean the extremes like an architect with a perf- with the performance arts, but the performance arts. But in general, I know many, many, many architects that want to take a graphic art class, that want to be offered events that they can go to that has nothing to do with architecture, which is what we do. We have a ton of art events. Um, uh, there's um, schools and organizations that will show graphic arts. You know, little things that people want to dip their toes in, even though that's not their niche. And that's what okay. this is about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I me, I am more than happy. The next time you ever have a, a, a glass blowing class, I mean, I'm not a glass blower, but I'm just waiting for you to do one of your one or two, three times a year. Yeah. And I'm going to be part of that. You can't find that in associations that only offer things for their niche. That cater really to their boring. own population. Yeah, but it's really kind of boring. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, creatives, um, honestly, we bask and we our creativity is our inspiration is through other creatives and seeing other things. Yeah. I mean, I can't sit at a draft table for uh, 365 days and and be creative. I need to go out in the world and I need other people to inspire me. That's just how I function. Yes. 
So I don't know what direction you want to go in next, but as I hear you talking about this, I, I like at some point I'll, I want to hear about what inspires you. How do you find inspiration? Or should we stick more to um, like more specific different aspects and designing for large projects versus residential? Okay. Uh, well, I find inspiration on everything. <laughs> I, um, you know, I think I, I, I posted this somewhere on my website is that I am inspired by the oddest things that you can imagine. Like uh, what? Um, a beautiful dress in maybe the Met Gala could inspire the legs of a table. Mm-hmm. A pattern on a skirt can make me want to go out and check out different types of wallpaper. It's just, it, it never, I never get expired. I never get inspired by an element that has anything to do with what I'm about to design. It's okay. just, my mind doesn't work that way. You know, I just see shapes and yeah. and forms. And from there, all of a sudden, I'll get an interior, I mean, an entire design based on this one shadow that I've seen or a silhouette. And that will just, everything else was created around it, an entire room. I don't know how I function that way. Maybe it's just a little bit of madness. I love that. So when, because when, I imagine this could happen at any time, um, you know that you're out and about or looking online because <laughs> when I've heard interviews with you, you talk about that, like a, a painting inspiring something else, you know, like like you just said. So do you sketch? Like how do you kind of hold on to those moments to then channel it into something that you might be working on or want to work on? Well, a lot of times if I don't write them down, I'll forget. And that's yeah. the saddest part because I really will try to remember the next day. Um, but usually I'm a person that when something gets in my head, I get a bit fixated. Mm-hmm. So I will jot it down, write it down, and then it'll just morph into something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Mine's a crazy thing. It is. It is. So where do you want to go next? Because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. jumping what, in what, to... What do you want to know? About, about what we were talking about, Lady the Los Angeles Design Industry Association and the mission. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about that? Sure. Um, the Well, the mission is to cultivate and unite in the creative arts. I mean, that's just what it is. And okay. anything referring and related to that, and it's uh, bringing people together. I never thought that I would have people of fashion in my association, and I do. In fact, later I'll give a shout out to somebody who's supposed to be the member of the month, and she had a terrible tragedy. Maybe oh, I'll, no. I'll mention her later. Sure. She was, um, yeah. But no, I think you were asking me what the projects I was working on. Yes. And uh, I have three. Okay, yes, please tell us. I'm working on a line of designer um, cowhide rugs, which are beautiful, that I'm oh having made gosh. abroad. Um, they're going to have patterns like nothing that you've seen before. You know, we're, usually you just see the... Just this, yeah, out. that's it. Yeah, no, newer things are coming out, and that's what's inspired me, seeing other people's things. It's not something, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some things coming out that are really, really interesting, and I've decided to dip my toes in there, and we're doing unbelievable patterns in cowhide, luxury, just beautiful, high-quality um, uh, rugs. Sounds beautiful. Really nice. uh, we're also, I'm also doing a line of accessories, uh, just home accessories, simple stuff. Um, things that I'm going to design in metal, but also pillows, uh, leather, really nice. And then the big project that I'm working on now is in Colombia. Okay. In Bogota, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Yes. Can you tell us what you're doing there? Yes. It is a big company called BD Promotores. Uh, the building is called Bacata. And it is the largest skyscraper that in Bogota, and I think the second biggest in South America, that's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. And I'd love to say I'm part of the whole project, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> uh, I just have a couple. I just have a little project. They're bachelor pads. And uh, even though wow. the building is going to be apartments, uh, one, two bedrooms, I think up to three bedrooms, a hotel, three restaurants in the two towers of different floors um, with renowned chefs. Just a really, really, really beautiful, beautiful project from incredible people who have had incredible success doing hotels all over the world they're yeah. not they're not small they have eight six or seven hotels as it is or companies they're having one open in Cartagena which is amazing okay called BD Cartagena which is a ginormous beach club um 
and that's really exciting. It's uh, it's just it's kind of like marking a little bit, you know, the before and after in Bogota because it will be in the center of the city, and they're basically redoing the city like you would imagine downtown was here five six years ago. That's so amazing, Max. To go. Yeah, so it's really interesting. What kind of challenges are presented on a what's different working on on that kind of project versus a residential project? I don't find so much challenging in the difference between uh, that one because again I'm doing a res I'm doing residence of in course, there, right, right. but the challenges of working long distance, uh, time restraints, time differences, um, not being able to do your walkthrough. I'm very meticulous when it comes to going to see my sites every single day and making sure everything goes okay. And when you're in a career where one centimeter or one inch can knock off an entire project. Yeah, You know, it's huge to not be able to do that walkthrough and be able to catch the errors on time. Seriously. But I have, uh, I'm working with the most amazing architects. They're an architectural firm from Barcelona uh, that are called Balaguer and Associates. Mm -hmm. They are, again, renowned uh, from Spain. And it really makes it easy to work with people that level. I'm thinking how serious it is what you're saying. The walkthroughs you like to do, designing your spaces, and the geographic distance you just can't. Speaking to your workers. There's yeah, a big, yeah, all of that. When I did the Hilton Hotel in Baton Rouge, it's about an hour and a half, two hours from New Orleans. And um, and that's a short enough distance I could drive it. But when I got the commission, Hurricane Katrina happened. So I was in Baton Rouge. And so I could go to the job site often. I kind of had nothing else to do. But then when my zip code opened up and I made the project, it took a year to assemble borosilicate, like 4,000 pieces of borosilicate with copper. And um, I'd go maybe every month. And I went from one month to the next month. They had put a wall where there was no wall. So I relate to what you're saying. <laughs> and I had to totally redo everything. I'm cursing out the interior designer who wanted to work with me again. It's a miracle. But I'm like, this was not on the blueprint. You know, so I can't imagine for you with the distance. But it sounds like you have a great team that I, you know, has has that ever happened? <laughs> like uh, The cursing at each other part, yes, <laughs> many times, especially as a creative. The yes. The linear thinkers have cursed me out a lot. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry that happened about Katrina, but you know Thank what? You, it's yeah. all these trying, all these little. Oh, it made things. me stronger. So. Oh, and 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 definitely, you usually, if you're smart, you don't trip over the same stone twice. Yes. So it's great to have done this because it just makes every job that comes after you know more perfect. Yes. So, um, <coughs> what do you want to talk about next? I don't know. What do you want to ask me? <laughs> Okay. Well, I have I have so many different thoughts going on, so I'm okay. not sure the order of things. Um, what have would have been some of your favorite endeavors as both interior designer and artist? Uh, endeavors. So projects. Yeah, projects that. Yeah, I think that one of the ones that was most humbling and proud was when I first graduated as a designer in the beginning of the, of two thousand two. It was that I really expected to start doing small residents and to little by little grow. And I was hit with this major commercial project okay. that ended up being the number one nightclub on the island. And I was, I, it was like excitement, but I was so filled with fear. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do wrong? You know sure. what I mean? It's, there's code, there's regulations, there's, you know, you're, you're, I'm in a foreign country, there's architects yelling at me, cursing me out, saying, you're effing crazy, you know, you can't do that, when I could. Yes. I actually could, because I do have that, you know, that capability of of, uh, staying inside what's um, uh, the regulations, and also creating a really outstanding design, which is really important to me. So I found that very humbling that five years after my first project, which was the one of the hardest projects that I ever did, and I was still so new, that it had no isms or hiccups, and the owners were still incredibly happy with the design, and it ended up being the bit one of the biggest projects. So to this day, I've had uh, people tell me that it did mark a before and after uh, in the design, and that there hasn't been really anything like it. Which Congratulations! Was, yeah, I haven't gone back. I know it's where it's, is it exactly. Uh, it's in Mallorca, right on uh, Ocean Drive, in okay. one of the best areas of Mallorca. It's 113. And nothing was just really successful. And, and five years down the line, there wasn't, you know, any problems with the, you know, installations or, or anything went wrong or the design. There wasn't, 
you know, nobody had sued for anything. Yeah. Nobody, nobody called me out screaming. So I bet that helped with your confidence as a designer. It did. Well, yeah, as a designer, yeah. And then on the artist side, mm-hmm. I think it was when I went into the world of welding. When I went into the world of welding and yeah. carpentry industries, it's still such a male-dominant world. It is. And they make it so hard. So women are not very invited mm-hmm. uh, into that into that realm. So especially if you're starting to either uh, be more creative than them or do better or come out with better designs. And you have to know this so much because your studio, that's what it is. Glass is male-dominated well, as well, traditionally. Right. But they've they, where you are in Louisiana, I mean, they've taken you in. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. In Los Angeles, it's very different. Sure. So when I learned here, I found it very hard to connect um, uh, to staying in that world and and found myself just gravitating towards other women that weld instead. Okay. And to this day, I, I maintain more all those contacts that are women and very few of the people who even taught me, who I try, tried to have relationships with for, for a while. But it's, again, it's very male dominant. Sure. Yeah. That's so cool. What a beautiful I still love project. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what projects would you like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, that's a really good question. I would love to do a hotel back to front, like from the mm. project all the way to turnkey. Okay. I would love that with so rooms and and uh, all the public areas, swimming pool, restaurant, staff facilities. I would love to do everything and you know, it wouldn't. Wow. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be bad if it was like a small luxury hotel with a ginormous budget. That would be fantastic. Yes. Especially That's like my dream. Especially with the high end finishes and the materials you're working in. Yeah. You know? If it's little, you have the opportunity like to not do conveyor belt type design. You know, where all the rooms have to be the same. You know, to do a, yeah. a nice little luxury hotel where you can be creative in all of the rooms, and that that would be a nice project to do. That's amazing. So, okay, this is what I'm really excited to hear about. I'm rubbing my rings together. Is why do you create? Like, why do you create? And and what does it bring I to you? I hate that question. <laughs> you do? Well, I just don't know how to answer it. Okay. You know, well, that and the legacy how, how would you change the question? What would be a... Well, no, the thing is that how do you create? I mean... No, it's... why? Why? No, or why? Or why? Okay. okay. So, why is your hair brown? I was born with brown well, That's hair. what it is. So, it's like ah, for good me, answer. Yeah. For me... I don't feel like I'm creating. That's like people people say they're a good mother, they're bad mothers. There's some people that don't have, there's no effort into being a mother. Mm -hmm. It's natural. So for me, it's not something I do on purpose. It's something that happens like going gray. It's just like I just look at something and all of these possibilities flow. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Because for me, I feel like I have have to create to feel alive. And, And I came to the arts in my how old was I I was uh maybe 23 24 yeah. years old I didn't know I had a creative bone in my body to be an artist until I went to Tulane I got accepted in the master's program and since I was wait, at wait what made you go there if you didn't feel like you had a creative because, bone because <laughs> because my master's was in social work and since I was at Tulane, I got admitted to the Masters of Social Work program. I never knew I'd go to Tulane. So I remember flipping through the catalog thinking, I want to take an elective arts class. I've never done that in my life. And I saw glass blowing, And I didn't even know what the hell that was. And I called to get in the class. It was full. And at the time, I was in fine dining, waiting tables and bartending. We and did, I did that, too. I know we you did. did that. I know. We both did that, definitely. Uh-huh. And that night, one of my call parties was a, a married couple that had galleries in New York and New Orleans. And I mentioned, I'm trying to get in this glass class. And they said, well, that's our friend, Gene Koss. Uh, why don't you give wow. him a call and say that, you know, you take care of us at the restaurant? And I did. And it turns out his art dealer, Arthur Roger, in New York and New Orleans, I worked out with Arthur at the same gym. Arthur told me the same thing. So, Gene, it was a an odd interview because I remember he asked me, like, what do you do? And I said, I don't do anything, and he, it, but I'll be a good student. He's like, well, how are you going to be a good student? And I said, I don't know. I'll just learn. And he felt like he had to take me in right. and on, even though there was a waiting list of 30. And it was literally love at first sight. The torches, the fire, I learned to weld. It was like something came alive in me that I didn't know was there. Right. And like now I can't even, it's hard not to make art, you know, like after like a month or two go by, I feel like the itch to like just make anything with my hands. So I wonder for you, it was more you were born this way. 
Well, it's kind of like putting a cork on the bottle. It's it's just yeah, you you function differently. Yeah. Yeah, as an artist. Yeah. Yeah, you function differently. I was at an amazing dinner last night, and we were just thinking about you know the uh, if I had to, if I wasn't an artist in some way, and I wasn't I had to clock in to a cubicle from nine to five for oh. the rest of my life. I swear I would have torn out all my hair by now. <laughs> yes, you'd be Or bald. killed myself. Yeah, I'd be bald. Or someone else. Yeah, or so, uh, maybe. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't suit you. No. In the way that you're hardwired. No. Not at all. In every way. So I'd like to know, you mentioned earlier about your inspiration and finding it in, in various, um, in various materials and... And various, um, just as you're like, it might might be in a piece of clothing that inspires the leg of a of a table or a chair. Well, yeah, I find it in anything. I mean, our conversation today might, you know, I'm looking at the the glass piece that you're wearing right yeah. now around your neck, and uh, and yeah, like you find little inspirations in everything. You find little inspirations in everything, and I think you know that. And again, that's what the Lady Association does. It's to be able to sit down with people like you you know, and uh, talk and get to know each other and be inspired. So so tell me this, because since I'm sitting with another artist, which is I don't always have the opportunity, especially in this forum and setting, like uh, I call it a dry spell where I don't know what I'm going to make or, or whatever. How do you hand, does that happen to you? Does it ever elude you? You know, your muse, or is it something you're always in touch with? And, and it, how do you handle if inspiration escapes you? I would love to give you like this amazing like creative wow factor response for that but the truth is is that when I have not been inspired I get inspired very quickly okay because I do see we were talking about seeing things and I don't know if you've you've we've emailed before Mm -hmm. you know the signature on my email for the past 10 years are it's not what you look at that matters it's what you see I can spend five minutes on Pinterest and find inspiration of something that isn't on there at all but I can find inspiration in a conversation that we're having today. And, or just uh, looking through magazines or going shopping. Interior designers, the majority of the inspiration that we find is looking through magazines. And that doesn't mean at all that you are mimicking or copying anybody's design. Not at all. In fact, the majority of the time, I know we're a little bit critical of other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, inspiration for me is not hard to find. Oh, I, I love that. So there's, it sounds like... Well, I know I know your work personally. I've I've seen your tables, your your various pieces, um, and you're not always working in the studio. Uh, do you do you document in between? Because I know right now you're doing Bogota and your your accessories and such. So I'm thinking that's taking time from you out of the studio. I'm not in the studio anymore. I mean, I'm, okay. I, I'm a little bit in the studio, but it's more for small prototypes. Uh, it's just becoming. It takes up so much time to make things myself that it's just becoming easier uh, and more cost-effective to outsource and to spend more time doing my designs and the thing that actually has an income so that I can continue to have things like the studio and be able to do uh, my own pieces. That makes sense. I, when we met almost a year ago, I remember I think you had just made that transition from from you know making things yourself to outsourcing, which I think is amazing to be able to do as an artist to, to kind of reach that place. So right. I think that's really cool. It is. Everything we do is cool. <laughs> Every, do, do you miss, though, kind of the hands-on aspect? I, I do. I do. Uh, I like getting dirty, and I like, yeah. you know, being in jeans and not being able to, and not having to, you know, wake up in the morning and have to be on point and, you know, in front of people. I really, really love doing things on my own. And, you know, I can build a table without assistance, and I just love that alone times because I'm in my head a lot. Yeah. And it's my peaceful place. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm more at peace when I'm alone. I know some people panic when they're by themselves. Sure. Okay, I love doing things on my own. And, it's, and, and different from the interior design part, it's one of the few times where you can do what you want because interior design is one of the few uh, uh, careers. Well, no, actually there's a lot. But it's, you, you are literally being babysat by a client all the time, and there's very little room for you to do what you want and have carte blanche to do what you want. So these are my designs, my creations. I do it my way. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and and like luxury is the word that comes to mind, that you can have that freedom and autonomy yeah. to do that. 
Agreed. Well, I know that you you have the opportunity for studio time when um, you know when you come to New Orleans and at Tulane, Gene Koss <laughs> is on sabbatical next semester in the fall. But he said that you're welcome to to come and do some glass with me. And the the professor standing in is a female welder from Canada uh-huh. who's amazing. So I think you would hit it off with Megan. And oh, so I'm excited for you to come to New Orleans and us to to make some things together. Does Megan live in, in L.A.? Or, or Megan is in New Orleans. Oh, okay. She's she from Canada. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I know a Megan uh, welder that's, that's here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I would love to. It'll be so her. fun. So I can teach you some glass. Play through the glass. Okay, that's and, what I want. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with some glass, and we're gonna incorporate some metal because I need some. I can only arc weld, which I know is back in the stone era, as no, opposed to not. Megan Tig. No. Oh, absolutely not. If oh, you're good. doing art, you're doing sculptures. And, yeah, I do sculpture and artistry. And that's the. You're not gonna use MIG welding to do sculptures. Okay. So it just depends on what type of welding you're do. Arc welding and um, uh, oxyacetylene. Oxyacetylene. I've already had too much wine because we don't drink at ten thirty. <laughs> Oxyacetylene are fantastic for you to do um, to do sculptures. Absolutely not. I think it's fantastic. I don't do arc. I'd like to. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've we done have MIG welding. Yeah, TIG welding and a little bit of oxy, um, but mostly I do MIG. We have all of those at Tulane, so you can yeah. you can have your choice wow. when you come down. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm more interested in the glass. You got it. Glass, that, okay. that's good for me. That's, that's easy for I me. I can't wait to get back but in wait, the studio, too. And I want to ask mm. you, because you always talk about glass blowing, but you're a glass caster, not blower. I, I blow glass for, I've done some some vases, I've done some uh, blown glass sculpture, um, oh. but, but my like forte is in glass casting use, utilizing sand molds both resin bonded sand and soft sand as well as welding steel molds that i cast into on a graphite table so so yeah i do uh i'm more well versed in casting then there's also kiln casting like the glass switch plates for y'all you know for listeners at your house so this is kind of our next thing that we're going to go into. I'm going to ask Max this question and kind of dovetail. I'm wondering how you balance function and form. So often things that serve as pure function okay, um, lack in form. Like, for instance, for me, a light switch plate. You know, they're plastic, they're metal, and, and that's great. I've always liked the metal ones, but I, I came up with a way of kiln casting glass light switch Wow, covers. I want those for I know. my new law. Well, they're your housewarming present. I want those <laughs> for my yeah. When you come down. And, and because the ones that I have are awful. You know, my loft is industrial. Yeah, they'd so, be perfect. So they're just like, I. they're just, yeah, I, I, I would love those. So I want to know from you, how do you balance function and form? That's actually like... You know, I don't toot my own horn ever. This is I actually, know you're very this modest. Is, this so is, I wanna, this is my forte. No, yeah. I just don't think that I'm like you know. Little, you know, they say jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Um, I relate as a Gemini. Oh, <laughs> that's not true. You guys master a lot. You know that 85 percent of the people in my life are Gemini. So I know, I know that. you well. And I have many Scorpios in my life. Yeah. Um, poor you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me. The first, like, objective, I guess, would be what's going to be the main function? Because when you ask that question, you have to find out whether what you're going to design first has to serve as a function. Then you have to, after you do the function, after you have that clear, then you can try to see how much you can be creative in the design and vice versa. Yeah, that's why I'm curious about this balance, especially you doing hotels and residences. Like, it's such an important piece. Oh, and, and again... It depends on what is most important to the client. Do you want the function first or do you want the form you're first? You're right, your client. So, first you start with which one? Like you're hiring me yeah. and you need uh, X. But first you need it to be functional, like a staircase. But later, do you want me to make a designer? You're not going to have me make a design first for a staircase that is not functional and worry about that last. Of course. So, that's the way it is. And to be a good designer, you have to know how to do both of them se- uh, seamlessly. But above all, you also have to think about, you know, function, believe it or not, is very subjective, Uh, you know, and it's in the eye of beholder because maybe one of my clients finds that um, a sculpture functions in the way that it makes him very happy. Mm. So 
it really does depend. You know, for you, a sculpture in your bedroom, you just have a bed and you have a sculpture, and you're just like, oh, nothing functions here. If you're going to bed happy every single exactly. day, yes, then that sculpture has a function. Does yeah. that make sense? It does make or sense. Is that crazy? No, it makes sense. And I, I <laughs> think I have some crazy answers. I know that. <laughs> no, it's good. I think I think this is great. But I think you to toot your horn that you bring expertise in both areas, like the industrial design, you know, back from school, plus interior design. And, and then also being a studio artist. So you can really, I think, grasp what your client wants and then make that. And then, like I know you said, your dream project would be a turnkey hotel. So that's kind of where I, I started wondering about balancing form over function because I know your hotel would be beautiful and how you would have to have certain things to spec, you know, but then make them beautiful too. Well, I would love to be able to design things that look like they don't have a function at all. Ooh, and have tell an us more about that? Function. What do you mean? What do you mean? No, because it just came to me. That's awesome. So, but you know, like uh, something that you just don't know. I, I kind of like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, and I'm going to go completely off Please, any conversation go. right now. But I'm absolutely fascinated by this show called Tiny Houses, Big Living. What is that? It's this amazing show about m- homes that are under 350 square feet. And I, why I find it so fascinating is that you know something little from a bookshelf is actually a staircase and just all these little things like i love how many hidden functions there are in that's um, cool in things that look like they're a design you know what i mean yes i don't know why i just have to say that but i had to throw it in there because it totally because applies I would, to I would love to have an entire house where you came in it looked like a museum but it functions like a nursery like everything works or, fu- or has a function. Does that mean? Does yeah, that I think sense? like Sherlock Holmes and like a bookshelf exactly. turns and you go into some secret 007's chamber. 007's Austin Mar- Aston Martin. That's <laughs> yes. yes. That's so you too. Yeah. I love what? that. The everything works. The 007. Like the toy like you love. I don't have the Aston Martin yet. I'm right. to have one. Right. Maybe one day I'll get a Volkswagen with all those features. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Not a Volkswagen. I'm kidding. It has to be something a little sexier than that. Um, I'm joking. So yeah. So in talking about talking about this function and form because having been schooled at Tulane uh, you know a bit I took I took classes for two years and then about the last 18 has been just kind of freelance being mentored by Gene Koss and and his big thing is he does purely form there is no function to his three to eight ton pieces that we make you know it's pure form just pure like it and but it does have a function everybody that buys those pieces it functions for them for their happiness, right? Is that is that what you mean? Fulfillment and and and, and a whole and a slew yeah. of different things that we can you know that we can. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It so, functions in making a section of the house more beautiful. That is the function, just like an art piece. That is a function. Yeah, like so, a, a campus. It is. Yeah, I'm looking at you smiling like this shit eating grin because I'm thinking. Is that the wine or the? It, by the way, the wine's really good. Thank, thank you. you. I'm glad thank you like you. it. Yeah. And just so y'all know, y'all, Max has had so many lives. She's a sommelier. She went to Cordon Bleu cooking school, a chef. You were a race car driver. You've done so for many short, things. For three years, yeah. Yeah. So, so Don't out me on everything now. <laughs> it's going to make me look I'm, inconsistent. I'm, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> well, that was, that was like all, you know. Uh, so that's what I'm bringing it up because how has that fueled even, and this is not something we discussed talking about, but since we're kind of going off the cuff, like um, how have those past things that you've done, skills that you have informed even your art and design, or do they? They say that eventually it all comes back and does in some form uh, uh, play a part in what you're ultimately supposed to do in the world. I think it has, maybe not driving, (laughs) not yet, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, I am a person, and I think this brings me back to being an artist, I've always fought against feeling that I'm inconsistent my mother also instilled that in me because I've always wanted to do new things new things I'm just not a corporate person that wants to do the same thing for the rest of my life I think I even think that to make a decision on what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life at 18 years old is the wrong thing and I, I that's agree. a whole different conversation our whole school system yeah, yeah I yeah. totally even agree at 30 Max. I mean 85 percent of people today are doing jobs that they hate and that is a terrible thing for me it's so sad for me I have new interests I want to learn they are usually always somehow in the arts you know I've never you know dreamt of being a lawyer or or anything like that yeah or anything that's going to keep me in the same state for the rest of my life but right I've always want I want to learn I am 
almost, I'm like a sponge. I'm desperate to learn new things. I can turn around tomorrow. I might go to your studio, glass blowing. And I say, I may not want to do it for the rest of my life for a career, but I'm also not closed off to it because once it piques my interest, it's something that I want to learn. I want every seven years to have a new, and I'm not have a new career, but I want to learn a new trade. I don't mind going to school. I've already gone to school three, four times and graduated. Yeah, I'm like, definitely. I have more student loan than you could possibly sure. you know, imagine. But uh, I don't want to stop, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people look at you like, oh, you know, she's inconsistent. I mean, the interior design is always there, but I want to learn new things. I would, you know, if I was a multi-billionaire, I would go to Florence to study art for one year, and then I would go to, you know, Paris to study, you know, something else, and then I would just do everything that I wanted to do and learn everything that I want to learn. I don't I don't want to stay where I am right now. I don't want to I love what I do, but it's definitely not the last uh stop on my train. To me, I, I hear that you don't stay stagnant and you love growing and changing and incorporating everything that, you know, comes through you and to you and expanding on that and building from it. Well, I believe in that old uh that old saying of where a door closes, one opens, or that every opportunity that comes to you is for a reason the universe is bringing you something. Yeah. Although you can't say yes to everything. Um, a lot of times we get a lot of signs in the same direction to try something new. And I like to walk through that door. Like I want to know why I'm curious about that certain something. There's, and, and I like to try it. There For our listeners, there's an interview. If you go to YouTube and put in Max Bruni, there's a really great oh, I, interview where, where you are showing, you know, putting together welding, woodworking, one of your tables. And you talk about that, that you love to, as I do, sit down at a table, you know, to come together for a meal, to come together for a meal, for some wine. And you talk about doors. You, you work particularly and enjoy working with reclaimed wood doors and how that is a portal, like you were just saying. Like when you pass through a door, something right, new right. happens. So I'm just reminded of that interview as you're talking. Yeah, I think that interview is, um, well, thank God they edited it because it brought up more questions than anything else. What do you mean? Um, well, <laughs> so I've lived in, um, I grew up in several countries in Europe, you know, and I lived in, in Europe a really long time. Yeah. Um, I spent a decade in South America as well as living in the major cities of the United States, all long term. So I've walked through a lot of doors. And, um, and I've also been taught that in life, you know, there at any point in time you are going to have life altering moments good and bad and uh, you have to pay attention and so if you're a type of person that really pays attention to detail there's a lot to learn so believe it or not through those life experiences <laughs> sorry max is just you know lisa's got this tendency to look at your forehead a lot and i just i feel like there's something up there so for my listeners and any clients that know this i, I channel information and so i often look at someone's forehead when i'm kind of like getting a download of what's next so it, it brings max a lot of humor it does <laughs> i think it's like and it's a wonderful thing to do also i mean it is i appreciate not be fixated that. i know you're not criticizing it, it is or funny like that it's good that clients like, ask me as well what are you looking at and what are you thinking oh right no as now? long as i know that there's nothing up there there's nothing on your head Okay. You're good. Please continue. Um, I, I, I've learned to pay attention to detail and all of those experiences, you know, have for me and also the, you know, unique uh, style that I have of design that's really different. Yeah. And so, so what I'm thinking to ask you because of what you're saying, as far as what are the most sensual materials to you? I love that word, sensual. I, I like that word too, yeah. especially with art making because – we tend not to think of art, I think, in those terms. It's sensual, it's it's tactile, it's sexy. Yeah. I like sensual more than sexy. Me too, I, me I, too. Yeah, but yeah, you get it. It's, uh, so what do I find sexual? Well, I use <laughs> yeah. a lot of, of um, reclaimed wood. Yeah. I love that. I love anything that's really old and has a history, which is why I work so much with the um, uh, doors from mm -hmm. Java, Bali, India. I wonder where um, the doors come from. Java, okay. yeah. Java, yeah. Bali, India. I have a purveyor. He has one of these, and I'm so bad that, and I can't even mention him. Uh, he's got one of the biggest Indian restaurants where you sit on the floor in Here? Santa Barbara. In Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. Santa Barbara. So yeah. he's um, he's supplied you know my doors, and he's an excellent excellent human being. Um, 
but I find materials like wood, I like old, I like to reclaim them, they have a history, um, they're beautiful, the wood, the workmanship, you will never find craftsmanship like you did a hundred years ago now nobody has the patience they don't have the time they don't have the money everything is just not made to last i think of that so often looking at the doors that you've used in your work and the detail just how did a carpenter or or you know do that it's amazing by hand yeah etching there's no machine now you can practically do anything in laser and then as much as um vegans are going to hate me right now (laughs) It's okay. I love you my leather. You were vegan and I you love eat my vegan leather. often. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do. I yeah. do. And uh, I love leather. And by that, I don't mean couches. Yeah. You know, um, like embossed leather of like an eel embossed print oh, wow. on leather for, uh, which I would like to do. I think my next project that I've presented is a uh, a gentleman's or I'm not going to say gentleman's because I like a masculine office myself for me. Sure. Is um, leather eel walls. You know that are embossed in a. That's blowing my mind. I can imagine in wow. black. It's beautiful. Oh, it sounds stunning. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to leave that room. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like amazing. Wow. I love cold rolled steel, especially yeah. for if you want to mix industrial and yes. like my style is taking um, uh, old and rustic and industrial and then converting it into completely contemporary. Because it's what gives it that warmth. So I like that too. Um, Yeah. So we're coming towards the end of our show. And what I want to know is what do you do differently than other designers? Wow, that's a... It's a big doozy from... It is because, uh, in case you didn't know... (laughs) Yeah. Here's a big thing. Yeah. Is that interior designers are the second or third most hated... Uh, professional. I'm making a face like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, it's okay. the mo- after general contractors. And it's understandable because uh, interior designers are a hot mess. It's their creative. <laughs> it, it is. And I was one of those people. Uh, they have a lot of creativity and very bad business people. We are very bad business people in many aspects from asking for money for our fees, you know, um, uh, our organizational process. Uh, keeping our clients in the loop we are very bad at asking for money and then we're very bad at uh, giving ourselves the respect oops that must be the wine giving ourselves um, uh, the merit that we deserve and we usually end up floundering and losing money the majority of the time so a long time ago I met uh, Kimberly Selden she is on HGTV Canada and she's like one of the big wigs on very cool. Yeah, very cool. And I realized all her points were very valid and that I was making all the mistakes that general that uh, interior designers make. And okay. that's why real estate agents won't hire them. So I'm now working on a 15-step process, which is an amazing process that uh, and real estate people can like you too because awesome. you won't make them look bad when they refer you. Um, but you run your business like a business. So... Uh, you're not running yourself to the ground uh, and your clients always leave happening, which in the design world is very, very hard. There's a lot of arguments. So this process is making you different from other it's designers you that you've employed. Yeah. You eliminate all the misunderstandings with clients. Um, you meet all of your timelines. You are completely transparent, which is unknown basically oh, in the design see, world. Yeah. yeah. I do no yeah, skimming. Wow. I do no skimming. Wow. Um, I actually split my... I split my commission so that my pay, hourly pay is paid for by the client. They go. They can go to the store. I split it with them. My books are open for audit at any point, and my hours are logged when I ask for my fees, and they're attached so they can at any point know how much time that I've spent, just like any other professional or a lawyer or anything else. And the reason that I give them half of my discount is so my hourly fees are basically uh, half paid for, a minimum, and they don't have to be worrying about so I am completely transparent. There's nothing hidden. I don't skim. I don't take anything off the books. My receipts are open. And uh, the process, which is handed to them, the 15-step process is handed to my clients, and they can walk through it. They know what comes next. If we didn't finish 12, we're not moving on to 13. Wow. So we finish the project up to the last candle. And um, 
it's just, you know, even even they even know where my workers are and my workers get it posted on their wall, the 15 step process. Really? And as soon as you scratch it off, yes. I'm, I'm looking like befuddled because the interior designers I've worked with on projects have not been so transparent. We're a Remarkable. Mess, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Not being transparent only causes a, a lack of trust. It does. I felt so mistrustful. And we have that reputation. With clients, so once we sign my contract, a, a, a child can read it. I don't go to lawyers to make this big contract. And they get a copy of the 15-step process. I also blow it up and I put it on the wall so all the workers can see it. And it's very simple. Amazing. It's very simple process. You make it from the beginning to the end. You really can't get fired because you are making your deadlines. You should be getting paid on time. And as long as you're getting paid... The next step goes through, and it's just, it's very, very, very simple. And it's about being in tune with the business side, which a lot of creatives just are not. We're right. not good. And, and you have saying, both sides of your brain working. And here. I'm not saying yeah. that we're terrible. No. I'm saying that it, we it's don't not a know. So when we have somebody who does have that business side, it's so hard to sit down and we make ourselves really small. And, um, and then our clients are confused, you know, and, and, and they're right to be confused. So yeah, I've eliminated this with this process, and I think that that's what makes me, you know, a good interior designer. So in conclusion, how can people reach you? How can potential clients reach you? Uh, well, I'm at www.maxbruni.com. And if there are artists that we're speaking to, yeah. uh, lady, L-A-D-I, dot org, dot org um, you can contact me there. Uh, as well as galleries or anybody else, and I'll be more than happy to speak to them. And this show is on latalkradio.com. It's on my YouTube channel. You can put in Max Bruni, Lisa Tahir, LA Talk Radio, whatever little taglines for this show to come up. Why not included? <laughs> Why not included? That's right here. Thank you for being with me today, Max. Oh, such thank you a beautiful for show. Me. You're such a beautiful person. I love thank being you. here so much. I had so much fun. As are High you. Five. High five. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you in just a minute. I'm going to talk about the guest next week. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. That concludes our show for today. Join me next week at the same time. I'm interviewing Carolyn Holmes Bufkin. She is an astrologer, a psychic medium, and owner of East, East Meets West Bookstore in New Orleans, Louisiana. And she does sessions by phone and in person. And I can't wait to have her on. I hope you all have a great week. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.